0: It's time to pick up where we left off, shall we? We had an issue, a technical issue take place during the show where um, when me and Bixon and Robert O'Connor were recording uh, this segment, the Western half of the United States segment, a very mysterious thing happened that's never happened before in the almost seven years that we've been doing the show.
1: And the year Is, and a uh, half be- that we've been using this specific <laughs> software, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It just audio disappeared, Yes. And we don't know why. I mean, there was no no issue while we were recording that we know of, but when Bix went to edit the show Sunday night, (laughs) the audio just dies in the middle of a segment.
1: It's just blank. You look at the waveform. I sent Chris the screenshot. It's just blank for the last. And I tweeted.
0: And I tweeted the picture.
1: Oh, I didn't. I tweeted the picture out online.
0: Yeah, I tweeted the picture out online to show people. Yeah, this is where it went blank. So, I told Bix. I said we need to go ahead and finish this up because you know some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here. I was talking about on Twitter before the show, and I know O'Connor's not going to be here to add his uh, two cents in, but at least we'll, we'll get this done. We'll have the closure on this, and we'll be able to uh, get it all together so people can. Uh, have their full BTS experience.
1: Yeah. So well, well are we calling this episode three sixty and a half like we do sometimes, or is this I guess three sixty point one, since it's not enough to call it three sixty and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean um yeah, something like that. Uh I can't think of anything creative right now as far as how so like like some of these uh albums that come out that put out like uh lost tracks or stuff like that. So Well, this will just say 360.1. So anyway, we left off in the Universal Wrestling Federation in the mid-segment. Well, close to the end of the segment. So we'll pick up where we left off there. Lady Maxine is at UWF and the wrestling business altogether she was just sick and tired of it.
1: Well, wasn't it also in service of her journalism and research and all that in the first place?
0: I think that's part of it, but I mean... I do think that she probably was having a good time at what point in time, but UWF is a different territory. Um, she had been working. She did WF UWF for a very little bit, but then, I mean, she went and worked Florida and Continental, and those are territories where, I mean, you could be home just about every night. So, and she's from Florida. So, I mean, she's in her home base. She goes to UWF, and that's... A huge territory where you're making long trips.
1: Well, she had also had the d- run too before this, briefly.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, she wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot there. But this is a tough one. And that territory with those fans, I mean, it could be tough, especially as a heel. So, uh, yeah. I can see her getting tired of that and turning her off to the business altogether. I can see that happening. Yeah. But. She, I mean, she did very good for the time she was in the business, especially here in the UWS. This is her best run. And uh, so at least she went out on top, I guess, so to speak, in a way. In a top angle. But there you go. Alright, uh, as we continue here, speaking of people that left the business in early, Joe Nighthawk Coltrane was supposed to start here, but something happened and he isn't coming after all. One of the biggest mysteries of this era is Joe Nighthawk Coltrane. He was a a football player, well-known football player in the Carolinas, worked for a JCP starting in 1986, was heavily involved in the Jimmy Valiant-Shaskawali angle, and then he just disappears. And Dave thought – and I guess the plan was for him to come to UWF to you know get some seasoning and just decide not to show up. Show up. And he really hasn't been heard of since.
1: really would love to know more. It's very weird.
0: It's a very – he got a very short stint in the business, but he would be somebody that would be
1: an interesting shoot interview. You know? Especially for a hero on high spots kind of thing.
0: Well, I mean, and he fit – well, he's a Carolinas guy too, so he fits in that regard. So, yeah, who knows what happened to Joe Hall Coltrane. It's a mystery. Hmm. Sure. Not not a mystery, as sometimes what Bill Watts says on television can be uh, interesting for some people, and this time the TV affiliate in Dallas is threatening to yank the show, which is the highest rated program on their station because of Watts' comments about Russians, which the station claims are offensive. There's no doubt those comments are strong, but it's kind of ironic that Vince has gotten away with using Adrian Adonis modeling spring fashions, quote-unquote, and having Roddy Piper muzzle and butcher a black midget all in fun. (laughs) Butcher a black midget. (laughs) I mean, he cut his hair, but I mean, it wasn't like he, uh, it wasn't like he gutted him like a deer or anything. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting statement by Dave there, but how about the Dallas TV station in 1986, you know, in the heavy movement of, uh, you know, Born USA and, all that stuff, and coming up, and said that Watts was offensive towards Russians, who are still the enemy at this point in time. Fix.
1: Yeah, I, I'm curious which specific comments they took issue with.
0: Well, Watts had a lot of them at this point in time. Well, I mean, okay. he was feast, feasting on uh, Korchinko and the Koloss, So, uh, well, okay, who knows? Thing to think about
1: though. Um okay. and This couldn't cross my mind when we did the original version of the segment, but it did here. Have, have they only just started airing in Dallas, or had the show been reaching Dallas before they started the expansion?
0: I don't know. I mean, they were going heavy in Dallas, you know, in the expansion.
1: Although they haven't run don't, there yet.
0: No, 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 no. No, they were about – they were planning on running there. This is uh, when they are planning the Reunion Arena show, their first one with uh, Crockett's help.
1: Right. So the reason I ask that is granted, they did already have Houston, although that also had the potentially some editing in the Bosch aspect. This is the biggest market they've run TV in up to this point. And I wonder if it being more quote unquote metropolitan or whatever <laughs> um, contributed in any way to I mean... the reception. It's possible.
0: I mean, it's still Texas, but it's possible.
1: Yeah,
0: It's still it's still an interesting story for 1986. You know, the, at that point in time, the the feelings towards Russia yes. by a, a lot in our country.
1: So. Yeah, for what it's worth, I can't find a start date using newspapers.com at least because Universal Wrestling Federation doesn't bring up any TV listings, and the earliest oh. hit for UWF wrestling is until September. So it's probably just listed as wrestling at this point, unless it's mid. Oh, of course,
0: of course, that's the way it. That's the way it goes.
1: Yeah, I'll double check a listing for mid wrestling. Uh, All right, speaking of Houston, looks like no. Er, actually, okay. no, it is. Oh no. Oh wait, I'm seeing TBS listings. I should have filtered this for '86. But keep going for now as I check. Speaking
0: of Houston, we go to Houston for what was basically the last Paul Bosch a promoted show, one of the last one of the last Paul Bosch promoted uh, shows
1: as the well, actual promoter, as opposed to just a front for and actually having involvement in booking the shows, as opposed to just later when it would be just more of just him as the front man and Watts had more control.
0: Yeah, um, June twenty seventh at Samusic Coliseum, we had Brett Sawyer over the Libyan, Chava Guerrero over Rick Steiner, Missing Link over Jet Victory by countout, Bill Watts over Sting. Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts over Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Terry Taylor. Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Kamala in one-man game by this qualification. Gordy to have Todd over Dr. Death. And in the fantastics of the Sheep Herders in a New Zealand boot camp match, which I just uh, recommended that match uh, over a week ago to uh, Cash Wheeler when he was asking for uh, match recommendations, because that is an awesome tag team match. as part of an awesome feud. With the Fantastics and the Sheepherders.
1: Yes, I don't. I, I know I've seen that one. Is it all Monsters of the Mad, or is that a one we have from TV?
0: Um, it's about. Well, I mean, we had it from, from TV, if I'm not mistaken, but it was also part of the classics, NWA Classics thing.
1: So, okay, gotcha. Um, so it's probably that's on how YouTube it, that's a, as well.
0: Oh well, yes, yeah, on YouTube. That's why I sent the link to Cash
1: Wheeler. Yes, from um, YouTube. Okay, looking – okay, if I search for Mid-South Wrestling and I limit to 86, it looks like they were on from the beginning 86. So I'd have to – I'd have to go back further to see when they started. But they've been on since before the name change at least in, the, in Dallas-Fort Worth on Channel 21.
0: All right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, well, we uh, – one thing that got, got missed – from the uh, first show, was we got into a discussion about. Uh, O'Connor was talking about the pole, the the, the pole holder, the fly holder for the sheep herders, which sadly is a lot of those jokes. Like you know, I don't really remember, but we, we got into a discussion about Johnny Ace, yeah, and how this is how Johnny Ace started, and you know, well he's not here. <laughs> no, but we, we got the discussion about Johnny Ace and. Which led to us talking about his relationship with Matoko Baba and how that might have affected his relationship when he became the boss.
1: Yeah, you it's know? not to defend him, but it does make you wonder no. that if that is what happened, which we're not saying for sure it is, but we know the rumors and conjecture and all that are out there. If that is what happened, it's not defending him, but it does make you wonder how it could have warped his view of these kinds of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not defending him. Right. But I mean it could say, okay, this is he thought that this was a normal thing. You know? Yeah. That this is a normal procedure of business. Which
1: He would have I never would had a female would, boss before. I would yeah, but
0: here's the thing, I mean, we we say that but you also think, okay, any rational person could realize that you would this is not so. I agree, Not the way but. you do things, but the wrestling business is a strange breed. So, as we've seen for many years. So, who knows? But, yeah, there is that. Alright, now let's get into world-class championship wrestling. And one of my favorite stories of the show. Blackjack Mulligan was fired on June 27th. That's two days earlier. Um, he had punched referee Rick Hazard in the dressing room. But Booker David Manning ignored him. Hazard was apparently telling Mulligan that he was a lousy wrestler, which of course is the truth. And blamed him for the fact that his of Bruiser Brody that night drew something like 200 fans. Which isn't his fault at all, it has to do with having a terrible promotion. Mulligan responded by punching Hazard out and rammed him into a wall. So, two days later, in Dallas, when Kevin Sullivan refused to, Kevin Sullivan. When Kevin Byner... Mulligan, I always say Kevin Sullivan. When Kevin Byner refused to sell for Mulligan, Mulligan got a cracked sternum. And Mulligan refused to wrestle any Von Eriks again, which started to fight with him and Kevin, and Mulligan beat his ass. Fritz found out about it and fired Mulligan, then came down hard on Manning for not telling him about the hazard incident. Mulligan was slated to headline the July 4th show reunion arena against Bruce Brody. They're telling the story that he was destroyed in the locker room by Abdul the Butcher and the Dingo Warrior. <laughs> his first angle in world class.
1: Yes, yeah, because he just started here.
0: Now, the incident with Kevin happened on June 23rd. Okay. Which we'll get into in a second, but June 27th is when Mulligan got fired. So, (sighs) good lord.
1: (laughs) Quite the career that one Bob Windham has in this era.
0: Well, I mean, does it surprise you? I mean, those stories you hear about Blackjack from, you know, his early days, and I mean, he's a guy that would would be ornery and sometimes would have issues with people and uh, take care of it,
1: you know? Yes. Ask Ole Anderson. And he goes back to the WWF anyway in spite of all this.
0: Of course. Yeah. And then leaves him, Heinrich again, goes back to Florida. He does that twice in, in three
1: years. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really is. All right. Oh, and by the way, it uh, looks like Mid South Wrestling started airing in Dallas in September 85.
0: And Rick Hazard, uh, you know, he's not known for getting himself any controversies, bigs.
1: No, especially not with local businessmen.
0: <laughs> not at all. All right, uh the, the Sport Authority on June 27, we have Brad Batten over Jerry Allen, Jerry Oski. Skip Young, three on sugar over Killotem Brooks. Bart Batten went to a draw with the Grappler. Abdullah Butcher beat Sweet Sugar by disqualification. Chris Adams Steve Simpson of the Great Kabuki and Rick Rude. Kevin Byter of bat Bored by disqualification. Obviously, not, this all ain't in the specific order. And Matt Bourne, Bustler, and Great Kabuki beat Bruiser Brody, Lance Varnaric, and Steve Simpson in your main event. A lot of hair on that babyface team in that main event there. Beautiful, beautiful hair. Then June 23rd at the Will Rogers Coliseum. The Battens went to a draw with the Grapplers, Rick Hazard being one of the Grapplers there. Both Sawyer over Mark Youngblood, Abdullah over Killer Tim by disqualification. Brody and Mulligan went to a draw, and Chris Adams over Great Kabuki. And then the match where Mulligan and Kevin had their little issue Blackjack, Matt Bourne, and Rick Rude over Bruiser Brody, Kevin, and Lance Von Eric by disqualification. So, uh, world class. Interesting cards here but they're heading down the toilet as the year goes on. So
1: yeah, they, the shows aren't great, but it still feels like world class. It's it's starting to get different.
0: Yes. You're starting to see that return of Texas wrestling here. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that world class wrestling anymore. Right. It's not it's not as much about the the heartthrobs now as it's about blood and guts. So all right, uh, they explained the departure of John Tay Missy Hyatt. They're saying that Missy's dad made her quit wrestling and hire professional hit woman named Raven to go out the Sunshine. The fact that Ashley lied like this, knowing that Missy will be in the market, is stupid. Yeah, she's going to DWF, who is all out of Dallas.
1: Yes, and granted, this is also Fritz probably thinking he can keep her from appearing because with the lawsuit and the contract that they signed up. Which was, oh, I don't want to have to pull it back up, how many weeks or months did it you say they had to be off TV in Dallas? Three months? It was something three months. like that. If you appeared on world-class TV for at least four weeks, yeah. So, which it doesn't interesting. happen. No, it's interesting, though, that Fritz had the forethought to do that. What? To try to do it, yeah. No, I mean of signing and... a contract. Of signing them to those one-page contracts in the first place, I mean.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, Raven being Rick Root's sister. Yes. They would put Rick Root. Although, like I said on the main – when I did the show, we did the show the first time, they were together, but they weren't romantically linked together.
1: As characters, no.
0: No. Which world-class, you know, at, it would do some stuff like that, Jimmy Garvin and Sunshine, of course, being cousins.
1: First cousins, Yes. Oh, it was six. Uh, six months. It said. Actually, uh-huh. if you looked at okay. on TV for at least four weeks. Um, I wonder when he started using these in the first place. What do you think? Probably when World Class went into national syndication. Probably so. Probably early eighty four, or at cause the earliest. Syndi- well, because it was syndicated before then, it just wasn't nationwide or close to it until eighty four, right? Yeah, at the earliest, probably.
0: All right, they assumed that Ken Timms was coming in, but he didn't want to do what they want him to do, so no deal was ever made. Timms is a hot property for some reason; multiple promotions are talking to him. He ends up in the AWA uh, for a short run, but basically, I mean, he just he eventually migrates to Mexico and that, and becomes a major star in Mexico as El Fabuloso and becomes one of the the top uh, gringos. To work in Mexico for the next basically uh, almost decade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting guy. He's a guy that would, definitely would have been a great shooting interview if he had uh, been alive in the in, in late two thousands, early twenty tens, and even now. Yeah. Um, Interesting, too, interesting trick in the business. He worked a lot of different places.
1: Yeah, it's too bad all of his old message board posts are gone. Because he did, he did post a lot of old stories and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Ken Tim's a good good worker. Uh, Butch Reed's going to work the July 4th Short Union Arena, but there are no plans for him to work any of the shows afterwards. And he basically does it. He works that show. He goes back to work Central States until WF comes a call and. And, uh yeah, his wife basically, you know, made him quit Mid-South because of uh his issues. But WF money is too good a money, because can't pass that up. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the road trips are a lot longer, which I was hoping one of her big beast was the road trips. But uh can't pass up that money. Pretty much. Not at all. Not at all. So there's that, and then you know we talk about UWF going to Dallas, but well, World Class went into uh, the old Mid South territory. As they toured Louisiana from the 20th to the 22nd of June, draw something like ten thousand fans and ten thousand dollars, excuse me, in Lafayette, nine thousand in Shreveport, and twenty thousand in New Orleans. Really, that's okay, but they sure they won't be able to sustain it. They don't. I they think they'll come back and draw thirty thousand in New Orleans, which be a great gate for WCP at the Dome, but with four promotions in that city. As book Rowley will run, run independent, which is supposed to get TV in July with Sunny King, the Sim, Sonny King, the Samoans, and uh Tonkin and Snowman. Not to mention the other, you know, the other promotions. So Yeah, I mean, that market's about to get heavy, although nobody laughs because the economy is about to just crash in, in that part of the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, nobody will do good after that. This group has shows booked on July 15th for Providence, Rhode Island, and next line Philadelphia on we'll die a horrible death both times. The Rhode Island shows one day after Vince's big outdoor tournament, King of the Ring, and Philly will be burned out by Vince's show on June 28th, and Crockett's July 1st, Great American Bash. They don't happen. Those shows get canceled. Yeah. And it's interesting that they, you know, they finally decide to start branching out at this point in time. Where they don't have Carrie and they're they've lost a lot of talent.
1: They had run you the know? first Massachusetts show in yeah, eighty
0: five. Well, right? Yeah, they run eighty five in Lynn, but you're starting to want to run in Philly and other and some other places in the Northeast. Uh, With this crew? Weird. Very weird.
1: Um okay, I just Googled there's a John McAdam Wrestling Classics post that said these shows happened. In Providence and Manchester.
0: Well, let's say Philly. Well, <laughs> I don't remember seeing anything about it. I mean, it may have happened
1: outright. He doesn't say he went, but here's what he said: He said they returned in '86 with shows in Providence, Rhode Island, Manchester, New Hampshire. By then, the fire had gone out. Oh, wait, no, he did say it, and the shows were poorly attended. I don't know who thought a show featuring Kevin Von eric versus Buzz Sawyer would feed. Excuse me, would fill the Providence Civic Center, but that person probably should not be promoting pro wrestling.
0: Well, the the thing is, is that yeah, we don't have a Providence newspaper pipeline to fall back on with that. So, you know, I guess it did happen. I know the Philly show didn't happen, because we got Philly pipeline, and right. then there. So so there's that. And, there, and they got this going on, too. I mean, this is another reason why they may be trying to do this. The ESPN situation is like this. World-class shows start airing July 4th at 9pm Eastern, and they'll be the same show that's syndicated nationally. The problem is the show will air in a lot of markets on ESPN first before it airs on their stations. For it to get into affiliate trouble over this one.
1: Which I don't think Yeah, is true. because I think it was a two-week delay. Yes, it
0: is. Oh, no. I don't think so. I think at first it was real time.
1: Oh, so it was changed because of this. Okay.
0: Presumably. I think so, yeah. Because it aired. It, it was airing on Friday nights. Right. Sat- the day before the syndicated show's air on Saturday. So that's why AWA, ES, when AWA and ESPN, uh, after when they started taping in Vegas and it started crossing over with the record television, you would have some different matches air on the shows to kind of differentiate themselves from the the other. Mm. They'd be all all similar matches except one. Each like, All-Star Wrestling would have a one different match in uh championship for us. And we have a different match. At least one. Gotcha. All right. Texas all-star Galveston, June Galveston, Oh, Galveston. Dylan Campbell at the Moody center on June 25th. Big Bubba Ottman against Tapu an assassin against Billy Joe Travis. First time using that gimmick. Great Kabuki against Tommy Wright. Jonathan Boyd against Scott Casey in a DQ match and Alberto Madrill. And Mike Golden against Tiger Conway Jr. and Iceman King Parsons. Yeah. Imagine if it was Iceman and Conway and Crockett instead of Shaska and Conway and Crockett.
1: Hmm. That'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. Because Iceman doesn't go to work for him. I don't know if it was his call or their call, but he uh, he doesn't go when they buy the UWF. So there's that. Who knows? Central States. No. We got two shows here to talk about. June 26th in Kansas City at Memorial Hall. We had T.C. Carter over Jeff Stanton, whoever that is. Bob Owens over John Paul. David Peterson over J.R. Hogg by disqualification. Butch Reed over Rip McCord. Bobby Jaggers and Mundo Moretti won the Central States Tag Titles over Mike George and Rufus R. Jones. And Bulldog Bob Brown over Jared Blatwell by disqualification. In St. Joseph, Missouri, Civic Arena on June 27th from a 1,200. We had Rip McCord going to a 15-minute draw of Bob Owens. Butch Reed over John Paul. Mike George changed the Central States TV title over Bobby Jaggers by disqualification. David Peterson and Riverstar Jones over J.R. Hong and Mundo Moretti. Bulldog Bob Brown retained the Central States Heavyweight title, beating Cousin Jr., subbing for Hillbilly Elmer by disqualification. And a 13 man, $1,500, number one contender battle row for the NWA Award Heavyweight title was won by David Peterson.
1: <laughs> I wonder Bulldog. why the promotion was not drawing. Bulldog
0: Bob Brown against Cousin Junior, subbing for Hillbilly Elmer.
1: Woof! I kind of want to see that.
0: (laughs) You can see it all you want to. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That just sounds, wow.
1: Speaking of territories
0: that are terrible at this time. Portland, Portland. sadly, is going downhill at this point in time. We some shows here. Portland Sports Arena on June 21st. Nick Koniski over Chris Colt, who's about to go to Central States, shockingly. Uh, Scott Doran going to a draw with Thomas Samoa. Stunning Burke over Tarzan White. Abu- Abidu Badabian over Villa 2 Eagles. Rocky Johnson over Mean Mike Miller by his qualification. And then Rip Oliver won a chain match over Hayman Bobby Jaggers. Salem, Oregon, June 26th. Scott Doran over Tarzan White. Stunning Burke going to a draw with Nick Koniski. Thomas Samoa Chris Colt, Brady Boone and Coco Samoa over a Buddha Dean and Mike Miller by disqualification, and Rocky Johnson over Mike, Rip Oliver by disqualification. And then Eugene, Oregon, on June 27th at Lane County Fairgrounds. Rocky Johnson Rip Oliver by the Q, Scott Doring over Thomas Samoa, Sony Burke going to a draw with Chris Colt, Nick Gadiski being Chris Colt, and Brady Boone and Coco Samoa over Buddha Dean and Mike Miller by disqualification. Yeah, uh, another territory that's uh, about to take a hit. Not good. And, yeah, their TV is rough as 86 goes on. It is rough. So, yeah. You watch all them early 80s Portland shows, like, man, what a great promotion, you know, great booking, great wrestling. Not here. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, now let's go to Hawaii. Interesting show here we'll talk about. Rick Flair beat Samu on June 26th in Honolulu. As Samu threw Flair over the top rope for a DQ, but he didn't look good in the match. And Flair wasn't impressed with the show overall. Flair was asked if he'd be on the August 9th show at Aloha Stadium. He said he wouldn't because he would be working the Great American Bash Tour. All right, let's read the results from the show. 2100 at the Blaise dell Arena. Richie Mannion over Joe Solo. Junior Mayavia and Robert Toronto over the Kini Popos. Prince Kamala Mal over Don Stevens, Seiji Saguchi over Hans Schroeder, Mad Max of Supermax when the Polynesian tag over Farmer Boy Epo and Leroy Brown, Hawaiian version, not uh, Elijah Keem, and Flair retaining the World Heavyweight title over Samu by disqualification. Now, speaking of that August 9th show, it's slated to be televised via satellite and be shown on the Financial News Network. Joe Pedesino is expected to be at the show, too, so expected to be shown... In Atlanta on his block. And I just recently watched matches from this show. And there was hardly nobody there. <laughs> Lots of empty seats. And Joe Petticino's right there. Front and center at ringside. Sitting alongside uh, Ripper, Ripper Collins. Doing the announcing. And it did air in Atlanta.
1: So. And Poly Pro normally did not air in Atlanta. Right? Um, they would show clips. Okay. On pro wrestling this week. Of sorts. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it and they would air, they would air sometimes they would air stuff.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, they would rare, but it would happen.
1: Yes, and of course this leads to the Aloha Stadium show later in the summer, which is even more of an embarrassment.
0: This is what we're talking about. Yes. Sorry. The Aloha Brain Stadium fart. on August 9th. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, I know. We talked about this the other day. Brain fart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The Los Name Show the year earlier was was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more names in that show too. Yes, Andre was on that show.
1: Yeah, that's the first Hot Summer Night, right?
0: Or was that? Uh, well, NBC there was Arena. The one. Well, there was one in December. Okay. That uh, that Andre was at too. But yeah, Hot yeah, Summer Night in August '85. Yeah, that's the one where Jim Crocker got punched. <laughs> the whole thing with, with Bruiser Brody, That
1: story. I don't know if I know that one off the top of my head. It's we talked familiar. about. We
0: talked about it on the show. What was the gist? They had gotten into it in a lot. I mean, Brody was doing Brody things, and uh, he just punched Jimmy Crockett. Well, so <laughs> good for him. But so who who knows? But Hawaii is definitely interesting. Interesting promotion. Liam uh Lars Anderson, all the, that crew. What's this? What's the saying, Biggs, that Liam Avia would, would say?
1: What's saying? Well, the whole thing from the trial. Oh, I know people who go bang, bang.
0: Yes!
1: And she ain't talking about Mick Foley, either. <laughs> well, so. we finished out this section, and it took half the time this part did when O'Connor was on, because, well, O'Connor. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So it's not as entertaining as it would have been if O'Connor was on or was before, but we got it done. So on that note, that's it for this. So be ready to listen to the Patreon show as it comes out this week. The new show will drop on Monday, going back to
1: 1995. And boy, the way, boy, was this an interesting day that we're choosing to finish recording the Patreon show on.
0: Yeah, the New York Magazine article, yeah. Which I guess we'll talk more about that actually on the
1: Patreon show when we start
0: recording. Didn't affect the stock price though. Their stock went up today, so eh, who knows? Probably TV ratings go up again too. Who knows? So, all right, well that's it for us. Three sixty point one is over. We thank you for listening to this truncated segment and uh, saying so long for the Peach State of Georgia.